Smith, welcome in each and every one of you into episode 619 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Little Sturgill Simpson kicking things off for us today. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking all things hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies. So uh, I do appreciate each and every one of you. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm going to tell you all about it momentarily, but first, um, cause for celebration, a victory for uh, the bow hunting counties of Grayson, Collin, where I live, uh, Rockwall, and Dallas, because Texas Parks and Wildlife's proposed addition of rifle seasons in those four archery-only counties was shot down. And uh, I know, you know, some of you guys... And I've talked about it on the show. Well, Cable, why are you supporting something that infringes on our rights? Listen, guys, we didn't have archery seasons in – we didn't have deer seasons in Collin, Dallas, and Rockwall from the late 70s until 2012 because there weren't any damn deer because we shot them out with rifles, okay? You got 5 million people living in those four counties. You got 11,000 deer. You do the math. It can't support it. And that doesn't even take into consideration as someone who's bow hunted in Collin County on a 20-acre place, like, there's a liability associated with firearms. And I'm looking around, just driving around, just everyday life. Collin County is being developed at an unprecedented rate. It's absurd. Habitat is going away. We're only going to have less deer, not more. All this aside, take... Whichever side of the fence you want to be on, the fact that a Lacey, a known Lacey Act violator, Tim Condu- Conduit, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, was the one who really brought this to Texas Parks and Wildlife's door. Well, he owns a high fence ranch. He, he's from Oklahoma. He's not even a Texan. His high fence ranch in Grayson County, that's why he wanted to get this changed. This wasn't because of the hunting community in those counties, no. I mean, the majority of folks wanted to stay archery only. And due to, going back to why we're celebrating, the overwhelming response, and remember, the majority, that's how democracy works, right? The majority of hunters in those counties didn't want a change. So due to the backlash and reaction of that, faction of folks, Texas Parks and Wildlife dropped it. They didn't even bring it to a vote. Like, they they saw the writing on the wall. People were pissed. And I think a lot of the distrust and resentment had to do with the kind of underhanded way that Texas Parks and Wildlife approached this whole deal. It wasn't on the up and up. There's a lot more, and I think we'll have an interview in an upcoming episode with, uh, with an actual attorney who wrote a letter to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission opposing this. Um, I'm hoping we're going to get him in studio. Uh, I read the letter. 
it was pretty damning. So anyway, kudos to all the hunters out there who spoke up and uh, their voices were heard. Um, what are we doing today? Two great guests. Ben Cassidy, Director of Government Affairs uh, from SCI, will be here. The um, latest news coming out of D.C. concerning import trophies. Well, good news on that front, too. And this is a great, this is a good news episode, isn't it? I mean, the appropriations bill, which basically is the government's fiscal budget, included language in it that would ban the import of international trophies. How were they doing that? They weren't going to fund that job, basically. They just weren't going to have any funding for the guy or girl who processes the permit. So, i.e., nothing would get done. A roundabout way to ban importing international trophies into the United States would kill international big game hunting, especially when you talk about uh, the big five and dangerous game. That got changed. So, Good news there. Ben Cassidy will be here to uh, shed some light on that situation. Excited to, uh, and always excited to have Ben on the show. He provides some great insight on what's going on concerning anti-hunting uh, legislation and the political side of things. Uh, and then we will check in with Howl for Wildlife founder, Charles Whitwam. What is Howl for Wildlife? Sounds like a... Um, like a pro-wolf organization, right? Like maybe animal lovers founded this thing. No, not even close. Uh, Howl for Wildlife is doing something that's unprecedented when it comes to getting hunters' opinions in front of their elected officials. We'll go into a lot more detail with Charles coming up here at the bottom of the hour. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one, guarantee you that. Let's do a quick giveaway uh, ben said we could do an uh, SCI annual membership value of $75, plus we'll throw in a cap and an SCI hoodie as well. Um, just email, let's just do their tagline, first for hunters, that's first for hunters to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you are entered into today's SCI giveaway. Well, let's knock out that break. Um, up next, Ben Cassidy joins us live from Washington, D.C. on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Every time I turn around, I make the same mistake. Hey guys, Cable here. And if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions. I'm talking about, you know. ARs, Modern Sporting Rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, 
look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatofDallas.com today. That's our very own Joshua Ray Walker bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you as always. Thank you so much for being here today. We're all set to head up to Washington, D.C. to check in with uh, SCI Director of Government Affairs, our old pal Ben Cassidy. But before we do that, um, this segment is brought to you by NUMA Outdoors and the Brush Guard pant um sometimes you need a little more protection when you're in the field the brush guard was made to answer that call with an added panel of reinforced material on the front the brush guard will push aside thickets bushes especially you know i think about south texas mesquite all that stuff that can cut you scratch you uh yeah that's really not a thing when you're talking about the brush guard so uh, if you're turkey hunting in that part of the world be perfect for you this spring. You can find the brush guard at numaoutdoors.com and you'll save 20% if you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. Uh, with that being said, let's bring him on right now, making his, uh, I don't know, umpteenth appearance, one of our more regular guests. It is my pleasure to welcome SCI's Ben Cassidy back to the show. Thanks for having me back to the show. It's my pleasure. Um, I think maybe I've seen you in a tie a couple times, but generally speaking, you're uh, you're working out of the home office. You must have been at on Capitol Hill today. I've got uh, some meetings with some senators later today. I'm in the office. It may look like I'm at a baseball game. <laughs> Season hasn't started yet. It starts April 7th. Um, but yeah, everybody, all the senators are in town. All the House members are out of town right now. So got some, some meetings with folks. Thank them for what they did to help um, remove the trophy ban language from the appropriations bill. Let's start there. Cause that's the big sure. thing. Um, yeah. as, as someone who is passionate about international hunting and still has, which I've told you before, I still have a Bontabuck sitting in Africa that can't be shipped to the United States. I shot it four years ago, maybe five years ago. And this is a species that's thriving over there. But for some reason, our government thinks, uh, we should interfere with, uh, how, African countries manage their wildlife. And so I can't get it imported. The appropriations language, this is like the, the fiscal budget that the government's putting together, their, their plan, um, which we've discussed. They weren't going to ban the importation of trophy hunting. 
They just weren't going to pay a person to process the permits, i.e. roundabout way of taking a shot at international trophy hunting. Right. Okay. And who's going to go to Africa and spend a lot of money on hunting uh, elephant or any of the big five for that matter, if you can't bring it back. Right. Um, So like underhanded blow at sustainable use hunting and, and really the big five comes to mind, but it was, it was for, it wasn't just Africa. Um, luckily, we've gotten great news on that front. I read it in SCI's uh, newsletter that you send out. Um, I'd like for you to take the ball and run with it here and, and talk about uh, how, how that played out and what's changed. Yeah, absolutely. I would just say, too, about like you know the way the House and the Senate work. They're not able to get through um, in a legislative way with a bill, an actual literal ban like they've tried it with that Cecil Act over the years mm-hmm. that hasn't really gone anywhere. So the roundabout way of doing it, like you said, is to block funding. So it's the, the the appropriations bill that passes tells government how they can spend it, but also tells them how they can't spend it. So this section in the bill uh, was section 436, and it would have said that you couldn't spend any government dollars on processing permits for trophies taking in taken in Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Tanzania. Okay, so it was just those three countries. Um, yeah, so it focused okay. in on those three. Um, just picked them out of a hat. So the language was passed out of the House last fall, and then the Senate introduced their bill and didn't include it in it. So before it goes to a final vote to pass out of the House and Senate as a full bill, um, it has to be, um, before it passes out, out, out of both House and Senate, it has to go to a conference where the, the, the chairs and the ranking members of the appropriations, um, they come together to decide what stays in the bill and what stays out of the bill. So we're in a tough spot, be, not the worst spot though, because the House said, have this in here. The Senate said, doesn't need to be in there. So we had to work to make sure that that language wasn't included in the final bill. And ultimately it was stripped out. And just a lot of kudos to SCI members, that were really engaged, sending letters to, to the Senate, um, saying to drop the language out. Um, really, you know, big champions that we had on the Hill, like your Bruce Westerman, that actually put together a forum and hosted witnesses from Africa to hear from them about how this would be devastating to conservation mm-hmm. and local economies. No one else ever took the time to ask Africa what they thought about it. They just stuck it in there on the House side. How typical of American politicians. Yeah, it's just painful. But, you know, Africans took note of it. They sent, you know, joint letters. You know, a letter came over from uh, Zimbabwe and Tanzania from their ambassadors to the U.S. Um, letter from the from the community leadership network uh, came over to, to leadership in the House, um, then sent over to, to folks in the Senate. So a lot of those good pieces were put in place, you know. We worked really closely, you know, it's a lot of inside baseball because it's not public when they're having these conferences kind of behind closed doors. So you kind of have to work with the staff and with those senators that are involved in the conversations to drop that language out, make sure that they know not to do it. So sharing with them, you know, documentation on why it's bad, why it's not worth them doing, why they shouldn't break past precedent where they haven't had that included in the past. Um, so we worked really closely with him, and I'll just name him, like Senator Richard Shelby of Alabama, the ranking member on appropriations, and with uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski um, from Alaska, who's the ranking member for interior appropriations, which oversees fish and wildlife um, and permitting and everything at DOI. So 
got to work closely with them. Um, they stood up for us. They made a difference. They made sure that it got dropped out. Um, so really proud of, you know, the work that SCI did on it. Really proud of the work that came out of African leadership um, and really proud of, you know, our leaders, you know, that we support on the Hill, our champions standing up for us and uh, getting that all peeled out. So mm-hmm. really big win. Um, no, it's huge. It's huge thing because is, I though, picture the, in my mind, Ben, like office space where the guy, I mean, he ends up in the basement. Have you seen my stapler? That guy. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're trying to do to the person that processes the, the permits. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. <laughs> so it was like, uh, I got a Bonnebuck permit on my desk. All right, you go to the basement right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, but I mean, so th- th- they passed it. Biden signed it. That's the lay of the land. Government knows what kind of money they can spend now, uh, but they'll go right into the next year's um, process now, deciding what's going to be in 2024. Right. So who ultimately, who's the douche nozzle that wrote th- the bill or the proposed budget with that, with that anti-hunting legislation in there or the, so anti- the, the lack of funding? Yeah, over the last few Congresses, it's been done by a congressman from Florida, um, Vern Buchanan. He's okay. a Republican. Um, a Republican wrote that? Mm-hmm, from Sarasota. So he's introduced it as an amendment in the past, and this was the first year where in the House bill, it was part of the actual underlying bill, existing okay, bill. Okay, so this dude's an anti-hunting Republican? He's a big um, Humane Society um, uh, member of Congress. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, you know, there's always time to call our own fouls. Um, and I challenged someone last week to show me anti-Second Amendment or anti-hunting um, legislation or policy that's been introduced by a conservative in recent memory. They couldn't, but here is one. So um, this guy needs to get replaced, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. Big bad burn. Uh, yep. Surprised me, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, but anyway, Vern is uh he's defeated and we can celebrate now as things are as they should be on that front yeah Um, and then at the same time you know we just started to see news pop over in the uk um about their trophy ban you know that was a priority um on on their agenda um and hearing recently at the same time that we saw 436 die that it was being dropped from being a priority over there i mean they've obviously dealing with the, with a number of issues, um, in Europe and in UK. Um, but that's been good news too. You don't normally see, you know, the mirror or the daily star over there, you know, saying that a priority of theirs is dead, mm-hmm. but that's another one where it's like, gives us some breathing room, but we'll see it again. So we're not laying off on, on the gas there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's stay in Europe and talk a little bit about Spain. Um, there was, a huge rally. I don't know if you want to call it a rally or a protest, but I think it was almost a half a million people showed up. And these were rural folks who live a very different life than, than the folks in Madrid or Barcelona, you know, much like our, our rural people here in the States. And, uh, they value, um, not only, not just hunting, but a particular way of life, uh, whether that's owning a specific kind of dog, a working breed, um, cattle, ranching, all that stuff, it kind of falls under the same umbrella. And uh, Spaniards took to the streets and said, "No, screw you. We're not gonna, we're not gonna put up with you 
in these major me- metropolitan areas dictating to us how we're going to live our lives out in the country. Yeah, mind-blowing numbers, right? Um, that weekend in Madrid uh, was Cinehetica, which is their big hunting show that happens every year. Um, so that took place for the first time, like post-COVID restrictions, and that was packed. But the numbers of folks that ended up showing up you know, on Sunday when the rally occurred was just unfathomable. Um, the report from the Madrid police department was 550,000 folks showed up, you know, wow. all wearing blaze orange, just filling up like the central boulevards, um, speeches, rallying, just really awesome. We had all of our European chapter leadership there. Our CEO was in town, you know, to be a part of it. Um, we did a lot in getting a lot of folks down there with busing people in supporting, um, just really incredible showing. <clears throat> I don't think that we can claim to have gotten 550,000 of the folks there, but right. well, what, <laughs> I mean, what anti-hunting, because there was, and we talked about anti-hunting uh, policy being proposed in Spain before, but what were they facing or, or protesting currently? I think it's just a complete attack and assault on, you know, what they call, you know, countryside lifestyle. I mean, one uh-huh. great example is you were mentioning dogs. I mean, they have a, you know, dog welfare bill over there i don't know if i mentioned this one to you before but like one of the provisions in there is like it's keeping dogs safe you know and 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 one of them is defined as like you can't drive you know 70 kilometers an hour with your dog in the car because that's unsafe even if you're on like a road that's 80 kilometers per hour (laughs) it's like not really it's like would hate me because my dog's right in the bed of my truck right i know (laughs) hung out the window right like i'm just yeah just really out of touch with with, with who they are a lot of reasons to be upset when i was a kid ben we rode in the back of the truck and now that's frowned upon it might be illegal i don't know uh now (laughs) if you have a dog in the bed of your truck people kind of look at you like you're a heathen right you know how far we've digressed and and the the 40 years that i've been on planet earth it's mind-blowing but yeah now i mean like uh well good for the spaniards yeah it's incredible the thing that got me was every i saw the the front pages of the papers they got sent over to me by pedro you know he's running our comms over there uh out of portugal but he was at the show he showed me all the different front pages and all of them were just like you know rednecks show up to protest you know gas prices it's like nothing about hunting come on nothing about hunting like everyone if you look at any of the videos photos like beautiful stuff online like everyone's in blaze orange just like just disregard that that's just uh this yeah oh hey that's the modern media you know right from from both sides and and no matter where you go on planet earth right yeah Yeah. unreal uh but it was nice to see that many people show up uh to support our way of life in a in a place far away that many of us have never been to um bringing it back home sci uh, along with other organizations but i know sci specifically has um helped write a letter to hopefully to get it in front of deb howland our secretary of the interior uh to get gray wolves delisted once again because we had hunts planned I mean, I know <clears throat> Wyoming, Montana are still doing their own thing. Uh, my understanding, correct. Uh, but the Great Lakes states, I mean, they've been fighting this for decades. Yeah, just uh, a football. Go back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth. And they had their seasons lined up. I think maybe even started a couple of them. And then this uh, circuit, I think it was a circuit judge in California, 
said, no, no, no. Gray wolves are uh, endangered in the Great Lakes. There's more gray wolves in the Great Lakes than there are in the Western Rocky states. That's the crazy thing. Right, but now that they're endangered there, yeah. they're they're fine over here. It's just asinine. I mean, you saw last week the you know senators from uh, Wisconsin, a Republican and a Democrat, both introduced delisting language. Um, you know, I'd never seen Tammy Baldwin, the Democrat senator, step into it like that, uh, step out in front of it like that. So it was incredible. I mean, it just shows how much of a reality it is for folks there, right? The overpopulation. But yeah, I mean, that case. You know, we're interveners. NRA is interveners in it. Um, we're going to appeal, but it really goes a lot further when the federal government will appeal that. Um, and just in keeping with past precedent, regardless of who was president, Obama or Trump, you know, our Fish and Wildlife Service has wanted to delist wolves. Um, so it would be in keeping with that that they would appeal this. Um, just hope that that message gets up to you know the politicals, you know, on the sixth floor of Interior. Um, so we wanted to make sure to, you know, send that message over and then 23 other, you know, organizations joined us. So millions of, you know, groups that represent millions of hunters um, asking for that appeal. So looking forward to seeing what the response is, just, you know, send it off this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And just a shame just to see it play that way. It should be the greatest recovery story to be told, right? Bald right. Eagle and the gray wolf, but they just want to keep it in purgatory on that list and not in the right hands to manage it, giving it back to the States. So. Yeah. Um, that the, you brought up the uh, bald Eagle and that made me think of this administration's um, well, discussing banning lead ammunition on federal lands uh, kind of behind closed doors recently. And I posted it on social media and I had so many, uneducated people say well you know our eagle populations are in dire straits no i looked it up man uh bald eagle populations went up 50 percent in the last 10 years yep. like there's there's hundreds of thousands of them and you and i have talked about how uh, we don't really manage for individuals right when if, if one eagle ingests lead shot and dies is that sad yes it is and nobody wants that but we don't manage for one eagle. We manage for an overall population. What is the benefit of having lead shot? Well, if one eagle dies, but all this money is raised for conservation, for keeping those wild places wild, well, you know, it is what it is. What's for right. the greater good? And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it just made me think about that. But so many people think... Uh, oh, it's like a Florida panther. Yeah, okay, Florida panthers are endangered, right? Well, let's not, we won't hunt them in Florida, okay? But that doesn't mean that mountain lions in Colorado are endangered. Right. So it's, they just pick and choose, nitpick. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, I shot a giraffe in uh, July and shot it in South Africa where the population's thriving. Well, okay, in Kenya, maybe giraffes aren't doing so great, but that doesn't mean that giraffes are endangered across the entire African continent. So you can't pick and choose. No, you can't, but people do. And it's just, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of a good fundraising appeal. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, see, what else do we have on the docket for today? I dropped my run sheet here. And one thing that we didn't talk about that I didn't say we were going to get into was, um, you know, we've been fighting this battle in Washington state for their spring bear season, which they took away five to four. 
five, four. five to four vote. Okay. Then we fought really hard. The hunting community rallied. The, the, the deciding vote guy, he resigned his post. Yep. And we got it back. Okay. And every, this was, we got it back while we were in Vegas for the SCI uh, 50th uh, convention. And then I just saw this week that we lost it again, five to five to four vote. Yep. So the governor, that one person left, the governor appointed three folks. We hadn't seen how they were going to vote on it, had a feeling given who, where the governor stands and it fell the wrong way. So it went five, four. So that closes, that will close the spring season this year. That's we'll have a, so idiotic. It's so painful. It's just, again, just completely not looking at the facts or the science or listening to the DNR whatsoever. That's fully supportive of it. Yeah. Again, well, another casualty of the political football. You'll see more black bear in more backyards looking for cats and dogs, just like you see in California. I love those videos, by the way. Yeah. They kind of, you know, it's sadistic, but, and, I, and I've said it before. <clears throat> doesn't bother me when I see a uh, Californian's pet getting eaten by wildlife because they just choose not to manage wildlife. So you asked for what, it, right? That's what you get. Sorry, Fido. Um, what about Belgium? I know you, you mentioned, and not that our listeners are real concerned with what's going on in Belgium, but I like to keep people abreast of everything that's going on because ultimately if they can pass something in one state or one country, um, organizations, anti-hunting groups, take notice of that. And they think, well, okay, let's go on to the, where's the next place we can do it. So it is relevant. Uh, but what, is, what are the, what are Belgium's facing while they're eating their waffles? Yeah. <laughs> while they're eating their waffles um, tomorrow in their, in their parliament, the Belgian parliament, not the EU, um, they're having a vote um, for banning importation of trophies into Belgium. Now it's not, a country that really does much international hunting. I think they had 54 trophies imported last year. Um, mm. Not a very big number. Um, but again, it's bad precedent, right? And it's in the backyard of where the EU is. Um, something that, that that we're fighting. I know Africans are pissed. I mean, there was no sort of consultation period. There were no hearings that went on. Um, they just threw it on the docket. And it really flies in the face of, you know, CITES and the regulations that are already in place. Um, CITES standing committee just met in France, you know, two weeks ago and, and, and ratified, you know, the regs that they have in place. And they're just going to go ahead and not pay attention to it and vote on this. So we're fast working now with a running clock, you know, to just put in front of all these 150 members of parliament, what the facts are, try to jam it up a little bit, say at least, you know, check your numbers, but it looks like it's going to pass. Yeah, I think I I think so. I mean, it's never done till it's done, right. you know. But it, it's a it's tough to make the argument there. They don't see it as affecting that many people, you know. Oh, Fifty four people are upset. Moving on, right? So we need to amplify and show it's not just about those fifty four folks that imported into the country. It's about the folks back in Africa where they're importing them from. Right, right. Where they're, um, where they've adopted our North American conservation model of sustainable use hunting. Like, right. Here's the formula. It's one that works. The places that have the healthiest wildlife populations. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's mind blowing. It's so funny too, because Europe like is almost completely void of wildlife. So I don't think Belgium's just chock full of wild game. Wonder why that is. Right. Not as it once was. Yeah. 
Uh, poor Belgians. But um, okay, well, I think uh, that's all I really wanted to get into today with the, the highlight being the appropriations language uh, changed. And that is in the rearview mirror 100%. So we don't have to worry about that anymore because that's been something that we've been keeping uh, tabs on religiously. So thanks to SCI and uh, all of the other great organizations out there that, that fought um, tooth and nail to make sure that that didn't go in, uh, that that bill wasn't passed as it, as it stood. Yeah. It's not always about what's in the bill. It's what's not in the bill. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, my friend, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Looking always forward to baseball season. Yeah. Now that there's going to be one. Yeah. I haven't yeah. been to the ballpark in a while. I, so I heard that, uh, <coughs> they changed some rules and that pitchers aren't going to bat in the national league anymore. Yeah. Is, is that is you like that or not? <clears throat> I mean, more runs, right? I think it's I always right. Who wants like to watch Max, a pitcher? I love bat. seeing Max Scherzer go to bat, though, because he yeah, always yeah. made it happen. He'd hit it. He'd yeah. smack it. <laughs> I've seen Steven Strasburg get a home run in a game. That was cool, you know. Yeah. But it's a novelty. Yeah, no doubt. Well, here's to the boys of summer, and uh, here's the SCI. Appreciate it, man. I look forward to our next visit. Likewise, appreciate it. So there you have it, the latest from DC and our uh, correspondent. SCI's Director of Government Affairs, Ben Cassidy. Always great checking in with Ben. That segment, by the way, was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. I know I do. Uh, whether that is for recreating, uh, ranching, hunting, fishing, or just to get the hell out of the big city for the weekend. Whatever the case Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own slice of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Up next, uh, this new organization called Howl for Wildlife. Who are they, and what are they doing? We'll find out on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors. Now all my rowdy friends, they're coming undone. The three rounds in, and they buy me one. Lock in load in the shooting village at the Ducks Unlimited Expo, DUX. Presented by Purina Pro Plan at, at Texas, Texas Motor Speedway, Speedway, April 8th through 10th. 300 yard rifle range, trick shooting demos, live fire rifle and pistol range, ammo and firearm sales, seminars and raffles. DUX, presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, April 8th through 10th. Tickets are only $10. Kids under 12, active or retired military and first responders get in free. Buy your tickets today at duckexpo.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. I was born to run, so run I may. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Little Shane Smith and the Saints there for you. Uh, thanks to 
our presenting sponsor, Mossberg Firearms. Back to Shane, though. Man, how awesome is that to be featured on Yellowstone and to see their star rising? Um, couldn't be happier for the fellows. Great dudes. And uh, Shane, obviously, a, a former in-studio guest. Hell of a nice guy. And just Texas music in general. You know, Whiskey Myers being featured on season one. Ryan Bingham, reoccurring role on the show. Although he is an anti-gun, outspoken anti-gun douche, in my opinion. Still makes great music. I don't know, should we cancel folks like that? Not support their music? It's a, it's an interesting conundrum, right? I don't want to cancel everyone. I'm anti-cancel culture, right? Um, everyone should have their voice. That's the whole point. I've been canceled on social media. I don't think people should be canceled at all. That's the difference between my fundamental values and the other side. They disagree with you. Cancel that person. Take their platform away. No, I don't. I disagree with Ryan Bingham. Still makes great music. I still play his songs on the show occasionally. So um, interesting to think about, though. Um, we're all set to check in with Charles Whitwam of Howl for Wildlife Brand, new organization that is building momentum and for good reason as far as what they are actually doing to protect our rights as hunters, as conservationists, as sportsmen and women. Uh, so we'll check in with Charles momentarily. This segment, though, brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the brand new MC2SC 9mm pistol. Uh, the entire gun has smooth, rounded edges, well-designed, ergonomics, perfect for your everyday carry pistola. Uh, I have one, absolutely love it. Um, it's compatible with any Glock magazine, so uh, cool feature there. And you can find the new MC2SC at Mossberg.com. With that being said, uh, let's find out a little bit about Howl for Wildlife. Sounds like a pro-wolf organization, to be honest with you. So uh, anyway, Charles Whitwam, thank you for being here, man. Excited to hear all about what you guys are doing. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. So where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, California. Oh, my condolences. <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, depends on where That you're... is not true. I was at the gym the other day and I had on a <laughs> Don't California, my Texas shirt. And this guy comes up and he goes, man, that's just wrong. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm from California. And he goes, but I'm just kidding. Pelosi and uh, Newsom yeah. destroyed that state. And I've lived in Texas for the last year and I love it. It depends on what you pay attention to for sure. I, I stay away from, interestingly enough, I really try to stay away from the politics here as much as I can because that's not going to make me happy. Well, it's a, it's a one-way street where you live. So, um, but What's not a one-way street is protecting our rights as a hunting community and as sportsmen and women here. Um, and so I became aware through uh, our friend Baker. Um, yeah. He mentioned that I should get in touch with you and, and learn about how for wildlife. And you and I had a preliminary conversation, but um, it's all new to me. So I'm excited to share what you're doing with our audience because i think it um there are great organizations like sportsman's alliance um, does a mm -hmm. great job of keeping people in the loop yep. as far as what anti-hunting legislation is out there but you guys take it a step further 
And I think that's what makes Howell uh, very unique in that aspect. And I'm going to let you kind of, uh, first of all, give us just a little bit about your background. Why is this important to you? Mm-hmm. And then talk about what Howell does as far as um, taking that information and saying, okay, now now what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for, to Baker also. He's been, he's been amazing uh, yeah. getting me, getting me uh, partnered and hooked up with, with so many people, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up hunting. Uh, I guess you could say on a, on a small farm, I was definitely surrounded by large farms. Uh, I, I thought everybody hunted at a point in time <laughs> in my life. It, it took me a while to figure out that people actually don't hunt. So eventually I moved to California and I started hunting in California. I uh, started guiding in California, started outfitting in, in California and other states as well. I, I'm an entrepreneur here. I've had my own business um, and events, like a corporate event space business since uh, 2006. What does one and, typically guide for in California? Uh, wild pig, deer, uh-huh. uh, turkey. That's, that's what I do in California. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Could do bear as well. Um, but what I've done personally is, is, uh, wild pig, deer and, and turkey uh-huh. in California, do a little bit of guiding in South Dakota. And, um, so I you're guess an that's interesting it. guy. I, I do want to go back to your childhood though, because mm-hmm. wolves, something that's always front and center. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the great lake States again, just lost the right to essentially control their own wolf populations. Mm-hmm. As a kid, did you see wolves? No. Okay. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, that would be, man, to see a wolf back, it'd be in the upper peninsula. Uh-huh. So I was in, you know, so that's essentially Canada. That's, that's Lake right. Superior area. You can, uh-huh. you could go up there and, and, and see moose and, and whatnot, but in the lower, the lower peninsula, I don't know if there are wolves there now. Are you aware of in the lower peninsula? No, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I would, I would imagine. So you're from certainly, the, the Southern part of the state. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the main, the, the part that looks like a mitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main part down there. So I grew up on Lake Erie, uh, Southeast Michigan. Right. I'll just, I'll just farmland basically down there. Definitely no wolves. And, okay. you know, even whitetail, they, you know, when my dad grew up, he grew up in that area. There were no deer in Southern Michigan at all. Huh. They, they would go to Northern Michigan and be, you know, thousands of them at, you know, at once. And it, it took, a, it was through ag and just deer movement and whatnot. And now there's, there's whitetail deer all over the place in, in Southeastern yeah. Michigan. Good ones yeah, too. Yeah. So back to present day, I just was curious, you know, yeah. we, we all, and I think wolves tie in perfectly to, to what you're doing, you know, with how. Um, so back to present day, you live in California, you yep. guide outfit, and that somehow led you to say, we need, we need something like Howl to help, to help yeah. with this issue that we're seeing from the anti-hunters, the pressure they're putting on us. And I think social media has been like a golden nugget for them, um, as far as making us look horrible. And, and it's unjust what they do, but they're not going to stop. So anyway, I'll let you take it from here and, and talk about how you came up with um, founding Howl. Mm-hmm. So a year ago, there was a bill in California to ban bear hunting. And I basically, right after that bill was read, a reporter 
so the first time it was read like in, in, in legislation to the, to the Senate, a reporter sent it to me and uh, for, because I had been involved in some other bills before, but he did send it to me just to get my thoughts on it. And obviously my thoughts were, well, we got to do something about this, but I didn't see really any actions to take surrounding it. And it was, you know, about a day after the bill was, was originally read. So I started a, an online petition and kind of an online, um, a social media grassroots effort to voice our opposition to this bill and just see where that would go. And within five days, it, it, we had 27,000 people from all over the country make calls and sign a petition and just it was everywhere for, for about a week and the bill got pulled, <laughs> uh, which was something that never happens. The, the Senator pulled it himself. He's just like, okay, we're not ready for this. We're not ready. And this, for this is coming from a state that just banned Bobcat hunting two years ago. Like you can't, yeah. well, you can't kill a Bobcat in California. It's protected. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. So what that told me was, was, um, something happened that, that, that had never happened before. And it came from, it came from hunters. It came from the grassroots. It came from just individuals, mm -hmm. you know, the orgs didn't even have a time. They're really getting any time to really get involved in this yet. And so there were so many people making noise about it and we shut it down. So it, to me, I was like, okay, how do I organize the all the millions of individuals how do i somehow organize all the millions of hunters and anglers and people who want to get involved to directly contact decision makers surrounding this bill whether it's pro or against how do we give them an easy path to get involved with that so that's when i started about a year ago a little over a year ago working on a a program and a website and a platform and just you know trying to figure out what to do and how this would work. And then about a year later, this past January 11th, I launched, um, how for wildlife. And I do have a, I do have a, a partner, John Stallone in Arizona, who has, who has helped me, um, who has helped me do that as well. So he's, he's a co-founder in this. Mm -hmm. So what it is, is basically, like you said, so sportsman's Alliance, they'll have an alert and you're aware of legislative actions legislative issues going on around the world or the United States. And the, the problem that I've seen is, okay, if you don't, how do you get involved? You say, all right, that's great. What is there anything I can do about it? Here's the information. What do, now what do I do? Yeah. So what we created is if you are in any state, you don't need to be in the state where that issue is. If you are in any state, you can go to our action page I think currently right now there's, I don't know, there might be nine live actions up in different states. You can click on basically each picture, which will bring you to that state's issue. And at the bottom, you sign your name to it. And what that does is that sends personalized emails to every decision maker who is connected to that bill. So you don't have to live in that district. You're not contacting your legislator. You're contacting either the the wildlife committees, the Senate committees, the, the, the ag and, 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 uh, water committees, whoever it is, that's going to be specifically deciding on this bill. Mm -hmm. I'll so, give you a personal example. Like I don't live in Colorado. I've 
gone mountain lion hunting in Colorado, I'd like to go again. And we just saw in the last like uh, six weeks, they had a, a bill proposed that was going to take on uh, mountain lions and hound hunting. And it has since been um, shot down because of the overwhelming reaction um, from sportsmen. But that's mm-hmm. something that would be like, okay, why does cable care about mountain lion hunting in Colorado? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I just told you why I'm, I'd like to do it again. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's more than that. It's like, if they take it away in one state, well, there's a precedent set now. Well, now we're going to try to take it away in another state. That's really what it is. Yeah. That's why you should get involved. So you might hunt in that state. You might go and spend dollars there. You might live in that state. Um, but it's the, the attack. If, if I'm allowed to call it that, which I think it is, it's, yeah, for sure. it's in multiple states, it's multiple fronts and, and it's crossing state lines. So we can cross state lines to defend or, um, or promote a bill that we, that we like as well. I think we should all, we should all be able to do that. We're following the North American model of wildlife conservation. So, and right there it's, it's North America. It's not the Missouri model or the Georgia model or whatever we as sportsmen, and anyone who cares about the healthy, healthy wildlife populations, they should all get involved in any state. So, so we've made it easy for you to take action. So you can go to our site. There's nine live actions up, I believe, I don't know, seven or nine. You could get through all of those actions and send, um, right now, I would say if you go through all of those actions, it would take you maybe maybe three minutes and you would send a personalized email, all different emails. This isn't a form message. Mm -hmm. It's from you to them to about 400 decision makers right now in multiple States. So, um, that hasn't been accomplished before at all. We've sent, I just put up the numbers yesterday, but we launched January 11th and we've sent I think it was 367,000 emails to decision makers so far. And when I say we, we haven't sent any of them. We just have, we're just kind of the catalyst for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just coming from you to them. We're not mentioned in those emails or anything whatsoever. It's just giving you that easy button to reach the people that need to be reached. And they, the decision makers are getting these emails. They're responding to these emails. If you take part in this, you're going to, you'll have a chance to have a conversation with them. And they're, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like they're, they're responding specifically to what you are saying. And, you know, one thing that we are doing with that, it's, you know, it's all about building relationships is when they do number one, appreciate them, say, thank you for actually getting back with you. That goes a long way. And when a bill goes our way, um, it's really important for us, I think, to recognize that because then the next time something comes up, you know, they don't, they don't see us as just some, as, you know, hunters or whoever it is that are just trying to rip someone's head off or yell at people or whatever else. Like, no, you know, we, we have to, we have to really rise above that. And, and I think if we continue doing this, we're going to continue to see success. And we've seen a lot of success since January 11th. I don't, I don't know how many actions we've had so far, but they, a lot of them have come and gone quickly because they've been, it's, it's crazy to say, but they have been overwhelmed with pressure from hunters. And that has, that has been 
noticed. And some of the bills they were probably going to pass anyways, because they were for them, but, but some of them specifically, you brought up Colorado, those emails, the Senator said, um, they didn't realize, you know, what they were getting into. They didn't realize the full extent of this. And those emails really made them rethink their decision. And they made that decision and, and that bill, that bill got crushed mm-hmm. um, to ban mountain lion and, and, and Bobcat. And it was also links, but links was already federally protected in Colorado, but that right. was on the bill anyway. But Right. Well, let's do this. Let's knock out a quick break. I'm certainly enjoying the conversation. I want to come back and see if there's uh, if there's any hope as far as educating the anti-hunter on the reality that backing these anti-hunting bills really is harmful to wildlife. I don't know. Maybe it's a lost cause. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. That segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio, Texas. I've been using Josh and Becky Gunther for all of my taxidermy for over a decade now. They do amazing work with quick turnaround time, and they answer the phone every time I call. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. We'll be right back with more from Howl for Wildlife on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's what I heard him say. See the big man cry, mama. He looks like his heart will break. Hey guys, Cable here, and last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Uh, that one takes me back to my childhood. You millennials and uh, Gen Z listeners probably have no idea what that is. But we had like five channels if the rabbit ears were adjusted perfectly. And I always caught the Andy Griffith show, Gomer Pyle and, and Lassie. Those were like the, the earliest TV memories that I have. Later on, we would get cable in our house and uh then it was chicago cubs baseball daytime viewing because they didn't have lights at wrigley field for the longest time and that was awesome too but i think that was on like wgn um 
but yeah, maybe some of y'all can relate. Your early '80s kids. I was born in '81, and that was uh, a big part of uh, of growing up in the '80s. Yeah, I wonder if those shows still stand up. Oh, of course, there was the uh, the original Batman and Robin TV series too. Pow, wham, bam. You know, with the uh, <laughs> the words popping on the screen as the the uh, villains and superheroes hit each other. Now, there's no way that would stand up, not with uh, today's action movies, uh, X-Men, Marvel. Uh, I think anyone born after, certainly my era, would just kind of laugh at that and be like, this sucks. But I loved it. Sorry to get all nostalgic on you there. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation with Howl for Wildlife's Charles Whitwam. But first, this segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Fusion Wireless Trail Camera. You can find it in their entire lineup of trail cameras right there at StealthCam.com. All right, uh, well, Charles, thanks for sticking around. I do want to continue. We kind of left off with Colorado and and California and some of the anti-hunting legislation going on in those states. It's Um, funny to me because I think Colorado's like dead set on like being – California 2.0. Like, we want to be uh, California's little brother. Show us how to do it. And yeah. by show us how to do it, I mean show us how to do it and how to manage wildlife incorrectly. <laughs> you guys banned mountain lion hunting in, uh, I think it was 1990. It was, it was the early 90s. Early, yes. Yeah. And then I remember the early days of doing this show. I've been doing it 14 years. It had to be like 2011. Um, they turned the screws on... Hound uh, hunting hunting for for black bear and bobcat 2013 yep. 2013 and i had a guy from northern california who that was his livelihood man and they just they oh. just took him out of the game I had do you remember his show. do you remember his name oh it's been so long i could go I'm, back and find it in the i know a lot of those guys yeah, yeah okay huh but um but yeah and then we see like that same mindset now like in colorado just okay well, let's uh let's reintroduce wolves let's let the general population decide the wildlife management future of our state. How stupid is that? Yeah. Why even have a game and fish commission if you're not yeah. going to let them do their job? Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's funny to me to just watch be like, oh yeah, Colorado's like going down that same path that California paved the road years ago. Well, if we do it right, the, you know, there's, there is so much, there's so many resources within the hunting community and with the hunting orgs. And what I mean is, you know, biologists and, and data and just people who are on the ball, who, who, who have, you know, there's thousands and thousands of studies of why what we do works. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the messaging, we shouldn't be afraid of this. The anti hunting messaging is actually unintended I, I think it's unintended to them but i think that messaging is actually anti-wildlife it actually hurts wildlife oh for sure so the idea and that's hard for people to understand but the idea of for some people to understand the idea of do you think that's because not it's emotionally based and so it's like they think they're doing the right thing but they don't look at the actual facts that it's they're so wound up mm-hmm. in the aesthetics and the emotions of how this looks of oh someone killed a bear okay mm-hmm. well why would someone do that and mm-hmm. how does that scientifically help or hurt the black bear population and then subsequently wildlife in general well i think i think the the i think the first thing is just you know how do, how are you protecting something by killing it mm-hmm. yeah i can under, i can understand that notion just that's okay. where the conversation ends a lot of time right yeah it's exactly it begins and ends right there it begins and ends right there um but we can show 
why that's a good thing. There's, there's, there's limited amount of habitat. There's in, in California, there's an excellent study that was done. It was a five-year study by five biologists somewhere out of the country, somewhere in the country, whatever, but there were wildlife biologists on the, the effects of um, black bear and mountain lion on black-tailed deer in Mendocino and Northern Mendocino County. They basically came to the conclusion that the black-tailed deer population was in dire straits and there's way too many black, uh, black bear and what's they're just not being managed correctly. And the black bear are also stealing kills from mountain lions, which is causing mountain lions to go out and double kill more often than, cause they were finding kills all over the place, but a mountain lion kill, but then they'd see a bear on it. So now that mountain lion has to go kill another deer. Right. So you're hurting. If we don't, if we're not going to manage predators, it's, this is, this is the irony. They want to protect wildlife. That's what they say. Right. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I think that they do for the most part. I think most people that's, this is, but their, their train of thought, the way they're thinking about it is wrong. So you want to protect wildlife by just absolutely no management of any predators, but that's going to kill more ungulates. And it's actually going to kill more predators too, because there's only so much habitat and so much food and all that. So it's, it's a, that's what I think makes it tough for us is because we have to explain, we have to explain it a little further. It's, mm -hmm. it's beyond a meme. You know what I mean? I mean, that's oh, yeah. the, the truth is always beyond a meme and that's what makes it a little bit harder for us to do, but I think we can do it. I mean, man, the resources are there. The science is there. The data is there. We yeah. need to market these messages to the mainstream media and not just back and forth between hunters. Cause we all pat each other on the back and you and I agree on all of this, but how about engaging this conversation to the mainstream? Yeah. How about putting up a billboard that shows the money that comes in from hunters and anglers and how that actually goes to wildlife conservation. How about putting that up in, on, in San Francisco on highway 80 between, between Oakland that and San Francisco. Awesome. Yeah. Get that conversation mm -hmm. going. You know, some people off the bat are going to look at it and be like, oh yeah, right. But then some people are going to go, really? Let me look that up. I mean, it, PETA advertises to the mainstream. The HUSIS, um, Humane Society of the United States advertises to the mainstream. That doesn't mean they're getting everybody, but they're getting a few, a, a, a few more percentage points, right? They're getting a few more people passionate about what they're doing. And that goes a long ways. So why can't we do the same thing? Let's get a few more on our side who the non-hunting public who enjoy where they can say, you know what, when I went canoeing or backpacking or hiking or whatever with my family, um, we are actually seeing healthier herds of wildlife because of the North American model of wildlife conservation. That doesn't mean you have to be a hunter, but you can appreciate the methods. You can appreciate why it's needed. Right? So of course we're going to get a few more people on our side to get involved and you know, what we've seen since January 11th, when we launched, it's a small handful of people that have now taken steps to get involved where they haven't before. And we are already seeing a huge change. And this is just, I don't know, we have 17,500 members, I think right now, right? Um, that's just people that have gone to our site and do that. What happens when we have a hundred thousand?
Right. What effect is that going to have? What happens when we have a million, which is, I really want to get into a single digit percentage of, of the sportsman's world. That's not a, why can't we do that? And then think about how powerful we actually would be if we have that many people, at least, at least contacting their legislators and putting pressure on them because that works. It does. We hear it all the time. Well, we've seen it work. Yeah. We've seen it work. Yeah. Um, here's a question though. You mentioned you put up a billboard in San Francisco you compared it to PETA and HSUS um, advertising in the mainstream. Where do those dollars come from? That stuff's not free. No. Nope. So I think that, you know, we at least have to bring that up. Like who's going to pay for that? Okay. So facilitate it. Yeah. So we are not going to be in the business of uh, habitat restoration or, or, or any of that. There's plenty of, <laughs> of orgs who do that. Mm-hmm. That space is filled. The space that isn't filled is mainstream marketing of the message. That's where we want to spend our money. Um, will we be able to get enough money to do that? We're working on that. Uh, we have uh, a few uh, a few guys who are, who are trying to uh, kind of devise a plan on on how to raise money for that and 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 make that work for everybody involved. It might take a coalition, but here's the thing: you go to any hunting expo or a dinner or whatnot, they'll raise $10 million in one day, right? So I'm not saying at all, this is not what I'm saying, like that should go away, no. But I think we need to take a different approach as the hunting, in the hunting industry. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. So if we need to come up with a few million dollars to whatever it is, uh, to, to start marketing this, we can do it. We just have to have the right mindset for it. And we got to have the right, um, you know, clear goals, um, you know, how this will work. Um, the money's there. Well, I love where you're going with this, but it does have my mind racing, especially pertaining to big tech. I want to take a break, come back and get into that as well as the name Howl Wildlife. Why did you guys choose that? That segment proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. I keep telling you guys, the big chingone is where it's at. If you're trying to introduce your kids into your pastime, what you love the most, hunting, of course, then there's no greater tool than the big chingone. Keeps them high and dry, comfortable and quiet, available on an 8-foot or 4-foot platform. You can find the big chingone at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. This cheap perfume and gin and smoke and lies. Lock in load in the shooting village at the Ducks Unlimited Expo. DUX, presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, April 8th through 10th. 300 yard rifle range, trick shooting demos, live fire rifle and pistol range, seminars and raffles. Tickets are $10 at duckexpo.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys, we all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers 
finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Honey, tell me how your love runs true And how I can always count on you Be there when the bullets fly I'd run across the river just to hold you Feathered Indians, a little Tyler Childers bringing us back on STI's Lone Star Outdoors show. I'm Capel Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. We're still visiting with Howell for Wildlife's Charles Whitwam. But before we get back into that conversation, this segment of the show brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee and the new Espresso 300, an all-new line of ready-to-drink made with 100% Colombian coffee. There's 300 milligrams of caffeine per can. Woo! That'll get you going. And uh, an energizing blend of MCT oil. I don't know what that is. Sounds cool. The new 300 packs a serious caffeine punch and is available in caramel, vanilla, and rich mocha. Look for it uh, at your local retailer very soon. All right. uh, Let's get back into it with Charles Whitwam of How for Wildlife. You know, before the break, Charles, you brought up an interesting idea. What if we as a hunting community started spending a lot of money on marketing and getting the right message in front of the right people? That brings up another interesting point, though, because they obviously, and I mean they, the anti-hunters, that side of the fence, they they utilize social media, they advertise there, they're in that space. Will big tech even let us put our message out there if we wanted to? I don't know, because I'm you're talking to somebody who was just canceled oh. off Instagram like, Mm-hmm. A month for for three weeks without any clear reasoning. Mm-hmm. Luckily, a mutual friend of ours was able to say, "Hey, you guys, you canceled this guy. All of the vi- violations are BS. Someone actually, a human being, needs to look at his account and determine if he really broke any rules." Then, of mm-hmm. of, co- of course, I get a message. Oh, sorry, we disabled your account by accident. Right? Okay. So I only I wouldn't even it wouldn't shock me if they're like nope we don't want uh, science you know we don't we don't want hunting um, we don't care if it's if it's factual and true we just mm-hmm. don't want it so I don't mm-hmm. know a part of the name Hell for Wildlife and the approach we take um, if you go to the website and, and I've <laughs> I've definitely heard about this and and I I knew I knew going in I was going to have to prove it to people who we are but um, if you go to our website, you you might not think we are exactly a pro hunting organization. Off the I'll bat. tell you the the word howl for wildlife <clears throat> makes me think, oh, this is a pro a pro wolf yeah. uh, group. You know, I mean that's totally on purpose. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's it's multi. I mean, howl is making your voice heard, and yeah. the pack is you know us, right? That's that's really what it is. Is is the people people getting involved as a pack and, and making, you know, a, a one singular howl, because I believe it's actually protecting wildlife, what we're doing. Of course. Right. And, but people are, they don't like that word protecting wildlife, you know, because the anti-hunting orgs, they've kind of co-opted these things. I'm like, well, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. They're not actually protecting wildlife. We are. Let's take that back. We can use this terminology. We can also show pictures of wolves without being, oh my God, there he wants to bring, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 optics. It's kind of 
it's kind of comedy to me. Um, but I've definitely thought out, you know, we don't show, we show pictures of live animals and we concentrate on messaging being science-based and hopefully that helps us with not getting canceled and, and, and whatnot. You know we're, what I mean? We're evolving is what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, uh, why not? Which I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I've, I've gotten some backlash from it. I have, I have emails from people and it's funny because they've, they've, you've gone to our website, you've taken action. It's the only reason why I have your email. And then I'll send out an email blast when a new action comes out and somebody will email me back like, Hey, I don't know how you got my email, but you're an anti-hunting organization. And I'm like, hold on a second. Like, how'd you, and they're like, well, you have pictures of wolves. Like that's, you saw the logo. Yeah. Read nothing else. And for the, I've been pretty nice. I'm like, Hey, listen, here's what it is. And they're like, Oh, all right. I'm so sorry. I feel like an ass, so, you know, it's brilliant because it's in a way could infiltrate the non-hunting community yeah. and get them to, like we said, think about that. If there was a billboard there or I'm on the how for wildlife website, huh? this is interesting. And, Oh, these guys also hunt, but they're really putting out this message of we're trying to protect wildlife. So yeah. Uh, like you, like you said, it wasn't, uh, it was an, an intentional decision to name it Howl. Um, I think it's genius and like you, you guys just started January 11th and you have yeah. all this momentum. Um, I'm excited to, when we get off of this call, go to the website, sign every one of those petitions that have nothing to do with my state more than likely. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, it all, it all flows one way down the Creek, man. And it ends up in all of our laps as a hunting community. And so whether we, like we used Colorado as an example, or whether it's Washington state or the uh, anti rabbit hunting uh, bill that they were trying to pass in New Hampshire, it affects all of us we, because it just builds momentum for the other side. And so um, it's important to take, to take interest in things that you think, Oh, that doesn't affect me. I'm, I'm in my little, um, buffered world down here in Texas. No, it affects you. Uh, and I think that I think there so, has been too much of that mentality, to be honest with you, Charles, among our community of, oh, well, what happens in a little state like New Hampshire doesn't matter to me in Texas, in this red state, you know, that's foolhardy. Well, it will. And there's a lot of Californians moving to Texas. So how yeah. about when at least when those Californians move there, maybe they have a slightly different mindset on on the hunting and, and wildlife yeah. community that would be a start and you know we can get them on billboards we still have gun show billboards on highway 80 in in san francisco here so nice. uh if that's allowed to be put up i i'm pretty sure a science-based wildlife management billboard can be put up but I, I really do think we should we should take that that approach um you know and furthermore on the website when you do when you do take action Currently, we have two tiers of rewards. So if you take action, you will get a uh, basically a page uh, that will give you discount codes from anywhere from, uh, oh, like Wild Game Marinade Sauce, the flip-flop guy, to Black Rifle Coffee, to Eastman's um, um, Hunt Tag, uh, Eastman's Hunting Journals, and their, and their, their, their tag program. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also you gain points so the whole website this is one of the reasons why it took so long to build the whole website's gamified so everything that you do when you're logged in has a value 
a point value to it. So whether that's taking action or sharing to social media or whatever it is, signing up for some of our Zoom training meetings, um, you get points. And when those points reach a certain threshold, it automatically enters you into um, contests to win physical physical prizes. So we've had uh, backpacks from Stone Glacier. We have, you know, Tacticam cameras, whatever, whatever it is that we have that we can offer. And as this grows, those will only, I'm sure, continue to to get better and better too. Yeah. And and it is, there's, there's a ton of rewards that we're working on now with, uh, because now kind of every, a lot of companies are wanting to get involved in this. So we're trying to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? And we're, and we're not going to be, you know, sponsored by any one company that's the you know the whole point of this is everybody kind of coming together so if you see five different backpacking companies on there that's an awesome thing because mm-hmm. it's everybody just wanting to support hunter activism or whatever whatever it is that you want to call it but it's now it's this is way too easy for anybody to have an excuse not to get involved at least at this level right and it does make awesome. an impact at this level well, man, I hope that uh, all of our listeners go check it out. What is the website? Howlforwildlife.org. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And then social media, just Howl for Wildlife. Inst- yeah, you can type it in. The, the Instagram, it's, I shortened it. Instagram is howl underscore org. Okay. Um, I basically post everything there first, and it just gets repeated to Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever. I don't know. I'm not on Twitter. I just... If somebody is, it, it they'll see it over there. I'm but on, every, yeah. everything's everything's mostly on 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 uh, Instagram right now. Okay. Cool. Well, Charles, man, I certainly appreciate the time. Um, I had no idea what what Baker was sending me when he said, "Hey, talk to this guy." Better than that's I how he does it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly. He doesn't really give much details. He's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. call this guy Charles with Half Wildlife." I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, this must be some pro wolf guy, you know? Like, <laughs> what am I going to talk talk to this guy about? Uh, but no. Awesome stuff. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners to check it out and, and, and share this. You know, even if yeah. someone doesn't listen to our show, say, hey, um, Deer Camp, buddy, check out this organization. Because like you said, it's too easy not to get involved. You guys have, have dumbed it down for people. You've taken modern technology. Say, here, take this and run with it. So now it's up to us. And we'll have an app soon, which will make cool. it ridiculously easier. So yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, uh, I, I don't think this will be the last time we visit. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we look forward to that time when you when you uh, join the rest of the California exodus to Texas. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it, Cable. So there you have it. Charles Whitwam, Howl for Wildlife. Uh, they're off to a great start as an organization. And I think the sky is the limit. Uh, truly invaluable service they're providing our community. Um, That segment of the show was proudly brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. I love putting them out. More importantly, my kiddos love putting out the Big and J. And for good reason. It brings in the big bucks. As soon as we put it out, they're starting to elbow me, nudge me. Dad, let me see your your phone. Why? I want to check the app to see if uh, any bucks are hitting the Big and J. I mean, like clockwork. Sometimes within a few hours, they're there. And uh, they make great products that lure in white-tailed deer. Hands down, the best attractants I've used. You can find their entire lineup at BigAndJay.com. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Uh, thanks to Charles, 
as well as SCI's Director of Government Affairs, Ben Cassidy. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. And you stole and wasted all my time. And you stole and wasted all my time. And